Welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. My name is Brad Ward. I'm your host. Mikey's on the ones and twos. This is the Browns Draft Preview Show, Part 2. Tonight's guest is Tony Pauline. Uh, He is the uh, tremendous guest, NFL insider, chief draft analyst, chief draft analyst, pardon me, uh, over at Pro Football Network or PFN. Uh, he is the host of the Draft Insiders Show with Trey Wingo. He is also the host of the uh, Believe Podcasts, uh, the Ant Draft Analyst with Chris Tripodi. So he's a busy man uh, this time of year, breaking all things down. NFL Draft, uh, we have him on the line here. Let's get to the interview with... Uh, the one and only Tony Pauline. Now, after the interview, we're going to come back, and we've got a little game we're going to do here. Uh, tonight, we've got the uh, betonline.ag uh, prop draft uh, positions. So we're going to do a little over and under with a special uh, guest with us then. But let's, uh, without any further ado, let's get to the interview uh, tonight's uh, All Eyes on Cleveland interview with Tony Pauline of Pro Football Network. Uh, let's see here. Mikey, can we get this done seamlessly, sir? Yeah. To have special guest Tony Pauline uh, back on All Eyes on Cleveland for the second time. Uh, Tony Pauline is the NFL Insider and Chief Draft Analyst at Pro Football Network, the host of Draft Insiders with Trey Wingo, and also host of Believe Podcast, the Draft Analyst with Chris Tripodi. How are we doing today, Tony? I'm okay. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fantastic guest. Uh, excited to have you on for sure. And you're going to be here in Cleveland for the draft uh, here coming up uh, in about a week now. Uh, a week from today, actually, I think, right? So, uh, and you guys will be down at uh, Lagos uh, East Bank or Lago East Bank uh, for a Dog Pound Legends event. Uh, Hanford Dixon, Kevin Mack, you guys are hosting a lunch, is that correct? That is correct. In fact, uh, a week from today will be the first event. I will be speaking at that event. Uh, should be a lot of fun, tell a lot of stories, give some inside scoop. Uh, if there is inside scoop to give, uh, it'd be great to be great to be in Cleveland. My first time in Cleveland. Always nice to be back at the draft, especially when there are fans there. So, yeah, it's Thursday and Friday at, uh, as you said, East Lago. What is it called? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm sorry. East Lago, uh, Lagos East Bank. Lago East Bank. I'm sorry. Lago East Bank, right next to the Aloft Hotel. Uh, lunch is included. There'll be gifts. There'll be giveaways. And as you said, on Friday, the event starts at one o'clock. We'll have Hanford Dixon and Kevin Mack. Be careful what you be careful of the types of questions you ask Kevin Mack. That starts <laughs> at one o'clock on Friday. I'm sure we'll go, we'll review uh, what happened in round one, and on uh, Thursday the event starts at twelve o'clock. Awesome. That's uh, that's awesome stuff. Uh, really cool that you're doing that, Tony. So that's pretty cool. Um, both of those guys are really good guys, and that'll be awesome. So uh, check that out, uh, all Browns fans and. Uh, uh, see what you got to do to get down there to the uh, Dog Pound Legends event with uh, Tony Pauline at uh, Lagos East Bank on Thursday and Friday. All right. 
Uh, Tony, uh, the Browns have nine picks in this draft. They have two-thirds and two-fourths. It strikes me that this isn't probably the best draft to have those extra picks there in the middle rounds. Uh, a little more thin this draft. Do you think they attempt to move around uh, using those picks or maybe try to kick them to next year? Well, I think what's going to happen is most teams, I, I think it's good to have additional picks day one day and day two. I think day three is where it really starts to thin out and thins out quickly okay. at most positions. You'll be able to get good receivers in day three. You'll be able to get good offensive linemen in day three. The defense is a horror show. Running uh, The tight end position is a horror show. Um, <laughs> but I, I think overall what's going to happen, not just with the Browns, you know, I think teams may try and trade day three picks this year for additional or higher picks in the 2022 draft. Because, you know, if you read the stuff uh, I've, I've uh, written at Pro Football Network, if you've uh, listened to me on the Believe Podcast Network, I've said time and time again, you know, the talent pool in this year's draft is really thin. I usually grade more than 1,100 players, guys that are going to be the first pick of the draft and guys that are going to be you know, street free agents that probably won't even get an invite to rookie minicamp. More than 1,100 players this year. I think my list has dwindled down to 890, and that's including a lot of one AA FCS players who may ultimately go back for a second senior season in 2021. So I know I'm rambling on, but the answer to your question is: I think a lot of teams are going to try and uh, trade day three picks this year to get additional selections in 2022 where we may have as many as 300 to 350 players with draftable grades. Well, that's amazing. So that, you know, obviously uh, a bulked up uh, talent pool next year, uh, something to look at and take into account with all these picks for sure. You're watching all eyes on Cleveland special guest tonight, Tony Pauline of uh, pro football network. Uh, Tony, uh, what do you identify as the Browns' biggest need heading into the draft? This has kind of changed here recently with, the, you know, Sheldon getting uh, waived, and uh, some people believe linebacker, some people believe cornerback. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think defensive back seven is an area that they're going to want to address, whether it is linebacker, whether it is cornerback. I think at some point in time they got to address the receiver position, you know, you, you hope Beckham comes back and you hope Beckham is focused on playing football the way the rest of the organization is focused on football. You got Jarvis Landry there. Peoples Jones is a decent player, but I, I think they could use some depth there and, you know, kind of fill in some holes at the receiver position moving forward. Obviously, some depth on the offensive line would also be good uh, to protect uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no question. Uh, you know, uh, succession plans needed at a couple positions there for the future, for sure. All right. Uh, so if everything went just right, all right, hypothetically, and everything falls perfect, who would your be be your ideal pick at twenty six for the Browns? I'm going to say Jeremiah Usu Koromora of Notre Dame. I don't know that he's going to be there. Now, the reason I say that is because you know, if you look at cornerback, you basically have two guys and. Patrick Sertain and J.C. Horn that are going to be top 12 selections. Then it kind of falls off. I mean, do they take a chance at Caleb Farley if he's there uh, at the 26th pick uh, with the back injuries, with the fact that he opted out? I don't know. I think Newsom of Northwestern, he's a good player, but I, I think he's also a bit of an unknown or, or a, bit of a guy that's got some downside risk that early in the draft. Abusa Kamar, I think if he makes his way down there, 
and there's a possibility. I, I think that's a player they jump all over uh, and would basically not only be they'd be able to fill a need with a real good player. I think maybe Christian Barmore, maybe a, a Wuzunikwe of, of Washington. But in the perfect world, it's the Notre Dame linebacker. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're seeing a trend now uh, of, you know, at first it was edge rushers, then they signed Clowney. We're seeing this, all the mocks kind of switching over to linebacker now. Uh, a lot of people with, uh, you know, Awusa Koromoa, and then now a lot of uh, Jamin Davis. Yeah, that's uh, the last. The last few guys I've had on the show, Tony, really were high on Davis, saying that he has a really high upside. What do you think of him as a player? Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like he is definitely going to be a first-round pick from uh, people I'm talking to uh, around the league. Uh, He's a guy who's sort of a a bit of a late bloomer, really burst on the scene last year. He's a tough, nasty player, more of a run-first linebacker, and has got to develop his game to be a complete three-down linebacker, especially in coverage. I love his play up the field. I love his play in the box. I love his play in pursuit. Obviously had a great pro day. Uh, ran in the uh, four fours, 230 pounds. He's got a, uh, 234 pounds, I should say. He's got to learn to play to that speed. He's got a high upside. He's not as polished as Wusu Koromora, but I could see them going in that direction uh, if they're not sold on Barmore, if they are concerned about the cornerbacks that they're staring at 26. I think Davis is a solid pick. I have him graded as a late first, early second rounder, so he, he basically fits right in at the board. I have him uh, right now as my 35th best player on the board. What would you say? So we keep hearing this in Cleveland, Tony. We hear this all the time, right? Is that, you know, the analytical approach with the front office just doesn't value off-ball linebacker enough to use a first-round pick on a linebacker. What do you say to that? I say sometimes analytics are not the way to go. I, I mean, you yeah. got to look at intangibles. You got to look at your system. You know what? If if the analytics say don't take an off the ball linebacker, you know, early in the draft, you could end up giving up a lot of receptions to tight ends or running backs out of the backfield because you don't have good off the ball linebackers. I mean, it's it, you got to fill the need and you got to fill it with good players and players that can play in your system. Analytics serve the purpose serve a purpose. But I don't think analytics are the end-all or the be-all or that they're the ones that should make the final call. I believe the Browns got in trouble with that a few years ago, yeah. you know, uh, w- w- going with analytics first. Now they got some good people there. they got a good general manager there. they got a terrific head coach. Let those guys make the decision based on their gut instinct. Very good. Uh, that's uh, refreshing to hear, actually. You're watching All Eyes on Cleveland special guest tonight. Uh, the very intelligent and expertise NFL insider and chief draft analyst at Pro Football Network, Tony Pauline. Tony, back to cornerback real quick. At 26, say they stay there, what's the last cornerback you would feel comfortable taking in the first round? It's a good question. I I mean, and I don't know if there's an answer to that. I mean, I was never very high on Celeb Farley being a top 12 pick as you saw early in the mocks. I thought he was a guy that has a lot of good, great upside. Uh, he's shown some flashes, but he wasn't a Denzel Ward type coming out of college. Now you've got to factor in, he didn't play in 2020, which I thought was a mistake. Now he has the back procedure, and they can basically try and, you know, poo-poo it all they want. You know, one back procedure oftentimes leads to a second back procedure. So, I think from a health standpoint and the standpoint that uh, 
Uh, you know, he does have a polished game. Celeb Farley does uh, does concern me. Greg Newsom, I like Greg Newsom. Coming into the season, I had Greg Newsom great as a potential third-round pick. I like his game. The problem with Greg Newsom is everyone went go went gaga over the fact that he ran a 4-3-8 during his pro day. When you watch Greg Newsom, he really doesn't play to a 4-3-8. So it's a matter of either, one, coaching him to play that speed, or the fact that maybe they weren't running 40 yards at Northwestern. Maybe they were running 38 yards. That's why he ran the 4-3-8. <laughs> um, but I, I think Newsom is a guy that – Got a decent amount of upside if he can actually play to that speed. Uh, I think it's a good question. I'm going to say if Farley slips to 26, there's a reason he slipped to 26. That means all the teams that needed cornerbacks ahead of the Browns have major concerns about him. So I may shy away from him at that at that spot. So I got like every year, everybody kind of has like the guy they fall in love with in the draft. I kind of have my draft crush this year on a cornerback named Tyson Campbell from Georgia. What's your take on him? Big guy, developing guy, terrific size, speed numbers. I think he's got to do a bit of a better job making plays or learning yeah. to make plays with his back to the ball. Does a bit of face guarding. Definitely improved his game uh, compared to where it was in 2019. He came into the season graded by scouts who great underclassmen as a potential late fourth round pick. You're now looking at him, I think, as a second round pick. Okay. Maybe he slides into the late part of round one. I think it's, it, 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 you know, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch, though. But the fact is this he's got size, he's got excellent speed, and he's got terrific ball skills. And if you can coach him to play those numbers, you know, you're, you got a real good cornerback. Okay. Uh, very good. Uh, interesting stuff there. All right. So say they wait till, you know, day day two, they have three picks. Say they wait till day two to address linebacker. I'm a big fan of Jabril Cox. Uh, you think he'll be around at 59? And if not, who are some other second round, maybe late second round linebackers you like? Yeah, I do think Cox will be around in, uh, in the late part of round two. He's a real good linebacker. You know, your traditional... 4-3 outside linebacker, although now, you know, he's got the versatility to be used in space in a 3-4. Uh, did not work at North Dakota State transfer, obviously. Did not work out for scouts at Pro Day because he had a hurt hamstring. He's actually working out this Monday at the second LSU Pro Day, which is designed just okay. for him, so we'll get an idea of his speed. Played well at the, the senior ball. Cox is your, you know, he's your throwback type linebacker. He's not a guy that gets a lot of pressure up the field because they don't ask him to because he's athletic. He can play in space. He can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. looks very athletic and plays very athletic. You know, a guy in the third round, if he's there, who I like a lot, Chess Surratt of North Carolina, former quarterback who you know had some spectacular performances uh, during his time at North Carolina. He's got a good amount of upside. I like Derek Barnes of Purdue, although I like him more as an inside linebacker maybe a middle linebacker. He can play in space. Uh, so if you're looking in that area, uh, late uh, second day of the draft, those are some names to remember. Monty Rice of Georgia uh, yeah. is going to fall into the fifth round. Monty Rice came into the season rated as one of the highest senior prospects, period, of any at, at any position. Did not live up to expectations. I think that's a guy to look for in day three. Same thing with Isaiah McDuffie of uh, Boston College, more your safety size linebacker who's great in pursuit and runs really well. Interesting. Good stuff. Got all those names down. Thank you there, Tony. That's awesome information. All right. Uh, with Sheldon Richardson getting waived or, you know, and clearing waivers, uh, you know, they need to address interior defensive lines somewhere. 
the current free agent market or really even the free agent market as a whole from the beginning was very poor and this draft seems to be rather poor at the interior defensive line position what's the browns best course of action there you think i'm not reaching for a defensive tackle in round okay. one I, i'm not taking an and was ricky of washington or barmore uh, of alabama before jamin davis of kentucky okay. uh you know later on Milton Williams is a guy that's getting a lot of play. If he happens to slide down to the Browns pick in round two, that's someone to consider, although he's a guy that's going to need a bit of development. Davion Nixon of uh, Iowa, I have him graded as a second rounder. I think that's another guy to consider. Big, explosive guy who's strong and relatively athletic. You know, they could probably get a good guy in day three. Taquan Graham of uh, Texas is a guy to consider. He's, He's very athletic. He's got some growth potential. Uh, Jordan Scott of Oregon in the late, late rounds, if he's drafted, a guy who lost 30 pounds, you watch him in the 2019, he was 340 pounds. He was impossible to move off the point. He's been a good football player in the past. So while there's no great, and then there's Marvin Wilson of uh, Florida State. I mean, Marvin Wilson is a guy who a lot of people really liked off of his sophomore film. He looked like the next coming, the next great defensive lineman to come from the Florida State program. Really has regressed the past two years. He's shown flashes rather than consistency, which is going to hurt his draft stock. But if you get Marvin Wilson in day three, you draft him in day three, you're able to get him back to where he was in 2018 and build upon that. You're going to have yourself a real good defensive tackle. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. Uh, two two more questions here for you, Tony, and I'll let you go here. I appreciate your time today. Browns need, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about – and you mentioned earlier a succession plan at wide receiver, you know, post 2021. I doubt OBJ is there. If he is, you know, it's going to take some finagling. But either way, they can't keep $30 million on the books with two wide receivers for a long extended period of time. So they need to address that. They also, in my opinion, and it was evident in the Kansas City game in the playoffs, they need to add some speed to that room. So if you could... How do you marry, you know, adding some speed in the immediate and, and, you know, a guy that maybe could be a legit two in the future? Uh, is there any guys that you can think of like that, that they could get, you know, day two, day three? I know it's another deep wide receiver class. Yeah, sometimes, it's, you know, you can get a speed receiver, but your speed receivers are usually smaller guys. Exactly. So it's a question of, do you want a receiver that's under 5'10", 5'11", 5'10", to be your number two receiver? Now, the immediate name that comes to mind as far as late second round and a guy that a lot of people like, understandably so, is Dwayne Eskridge of Western Michigan, uh, a guy who watched his game take off the past two years, formerly played cornerback uh, at Western Michigan, had two great days of practice at the Senior Bowl after turning in a terrific senior campaign, excuse me, ran 4-3-5 during his pro day, but I talked to him and he said he was disappointed because he lost about a tenth of a second on the start. He's fast. He plays fast. He was uncoverable at the senior ball. So if you're looking late round two, that's a guy to consider. If he's there in round three, Anthony Schwartz of Auburn, six yep. foot, 186 pounds, ran, and ran a 4-2-7 at pro day. He plays that fast, a bit unrefined, not as polished, as uh, a lot as Dwayne Eskridge, not as you know, when you watch Schwartz, he needs space to work. He needs to improve his route running. He needs to improve his hand use to separate from opponents. But still, 
427, six feet, 186 pounds. It's going to take some time in development. You're not asking them to be a number two right away. You're asking them maybe to be your number four, maybe your number three, and then you try and develop them from that point on. I mean, even later on, you want to take a chance on Tutu Atwell. I think Dick Tutu Atwell is a fourth round pick, 5'8, 146 pounds, but he can score from any point on the field. Shai Smith of South Carolina, another guy who's got decent speed uh, and is a real good pass catcher as well. And just about all those guys I mentioned could double up as return specialists. Yeah, I've seen Eskridge a lot on him lately. Uh, we're seeing a lot of, you know, pieces on him, and it seems like his value may be going up uh, a bit right now. All right, last question for you. Just step away from the draft for a minute here on this last question, just because it's kind of a point of interest for all Browns fans. Nick Chubb, right? Uh, final year of his deal. How would you? How do you think the Browns are going to handle him? Do you think they'll sign him to a contract? Do you think they wait and franchise tag him? Or do they let him walk? What are your thoughts on him? Well, I, I mean, I think you got to wait and see what happens during the season. Okay. Now, you know, giving second, large second contracts to running backs is not fashionable in the NFL these days, especially since, you know, how long is the contract and the guy's got a lot of wear and tear on their body. I think you got to see how he plays. You got to see what they have left in Kareem Hunt, uh, yeah. you know, who's still a viable ball carrier. And I give the Browns credit for sticking with him. I, I, you know, it, it'll be a situation where I think Chubb is going to want a four-year deal, and the Browns will probably only want to give him a two-year deal because of the fact that he plays the running back position. Obviously, he's got to stay healthy. He's got to produce. Uh, I have no problem giving the running backs, you know, a, a decent-sized contract on their second contract. It does not. It's not the way of the league these days, though. Yeah, you just kind of want to – you don't mind giving it to them. You want that out after the second year. And the way the franchise tag price is on running backs right now, you can almost go year by year, and it ends up being like a three-year, $36 million deal, which is probably what the deal would look like anyways, right? Uh, I, I would assume, you know, if you stretch it out, yes, correct. Yeah, so it's a, it's an interesting predicament for the Browns. Tony, you've been fantastic. I appreciate your time. As always, you're uh, – uh, on top of everything here, I've got a ton of names here written down, and and I appreciate you making time for us here at All Eyes on Cleveland. Make sure that everybody uh, you know uh, knows about uh, uh, Lago East Bank uh, Thursday and Friday next week. Yep. Hanford Dixon, Kevin Mack, and uh, your uh, lunch event, uh, Dog Pound Legends event uh, down there. Thank you again, Tony. Thanks for having me. All right. It was me. It was okay. Mikey's fault. It was Mikey's fault. I'm sorry, brother. No, you're good. Mikey, like, God, God damn it, Mikey. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm screwing everything up in here. It's just a mess. Absolutely mess. How you doing, Josh? Dude, I'm doing great, man. Every time I get on this podcast, it gets better and better. It's, so pr- it's just pristine looking, man. Gotta give you oh, credit. Well, thank you so much. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, Josh Keatley works, uh, writes at the Browns Wire, uh, doing a fantastic job on draft coverage, and of course, the Browns Wire podcast. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you have joined me tonight for a fun little segment here. Uh, as I received today, let's see if I can bring this. 
See if Mikey can bring this up properly here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, we received the uh, draft prop uh, positions. So we're going to, uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. There they are. All right, here we are. So, yeah, we've got all these guys here, and we've got, you know, the uh, betonline.ag uh, provided this for us, and we've got uh, all these players, prospects, and their positions here. And, and you're gonna, we're going to go over under here for a little bit, just a few minutes, and get your thoughts on some of these, okay? Let's do it. All right, let's let's dive into it here. Uh, let's start at the top. As you can see here, we have uh, Asante Samuel Jr. over under 35 and a half. I went over. I, I He's number uh, my number yeah. four cornerback, and I, he's, it's close, though. That's why they call it betting. He's my number 44 on my big board, but I'm going to go over. Yeah, I got over two on that. I, I don't... Uh, I don't see him going before that. I, to me, he's like in that second tier. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll go earlier than that, but I think that second tier will fall b- below that, which I I think would be... So we're saying over is higher, right? Correct? Yes. Okay, yeah. all right. Make sure we're on the same page here. All right. Uh, selected at what number for Caleb Farley? Over, under 23 and a half, sir. Oh, I'm taking under. This is my cornerback number one. I'll be surprised if he's there past ten. Okay, you think you see him going earlier than that? Okay, I think oh, the yeah. back. I think his back issues have him fall a little bit, but I'm going to say under, and I'm actually going to say under by the hook. I have him going to the Jets at 23. Oh wow! So I, I think they're right down on it there uh, in in Vegas. Uh, Davis Mills over under 60 and a half. I took the over. I'm not seeing it with Davis Mills. I know some people are. I think that there's a quarterback every year that's got this whole thing going on. Tom Savage, Nathan Peterman, where you see them rise and they don't really actually do much. I gave him a third round grade, so I, I don't see him going higher than sixty and a half. Yeah, I, I have uh I have him over as well. Uh so we're we're kinda on the same page here at this point. Oh yeah. Huh? All right, good stuff. Uh, Devontae Smith over and over, over or under 11 and a half. I think that's, go ahead. I took the under. He's too explosive. Yeah, me too. I got the under there as well. I think that that number is wrong. 11 and a half is way too high for him. I think he'll go well before that. Uh, we've got Jalen Phillips. This is an interesting number they have here. 23 and a half. I I took the over. He's got too many concussions for me to think he's going to go that high. Yeah, so I've got the under here on him. I think somebody will gamble on him. I would not gamble on him, but I think somebody will. Uh, that That's kind of a crapshoot, though. I, I, I agree the concussions would scare me off if I was a GM. Uh, Jamar Chase, uh, six. Oh, I took no the under. I took I the took, under. You took the under? I got a push. I think the Dolphins take him at six. I, I could see that. I think that that's fair. I I, he's my fourth-rated prospect, so. Okay, all right. I see that. Uh, over or under Jamie Newman? I took the under. I got him higher on my board than Davis Mills. I think he's a good quarterback. I could see him going in the third round. Yeah, I got an under there, too. 170 and a half uh, is the number on Jamie Newman. 
And then, you know, I've got this here just to kind of keep track of this, to uh, be the beautiful layout of what Cleveland's going to look at, look like there, right? Uh, <laughs> as you can see, uh, for the draft. And then we've got our first round here, but but just for, for stuff like this, 70, what, 70 and a, 170 and a half, pardon me, is where the hell is that, right? What round is right. that in? Uh, that's uh, one, two, three, four, five. That's fifth round between the Jags and the and the Baltimore Ravens. So, I got under right. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like I said, I think he's a very talented quarterback. I think someone's going to see maybe some f- future potential there. All right, all right. We're uh, we're uh, doing the uh, provided by BetOnline.ag. Prop bets on the draft here with special guest uh, Josh Keeley of the Browns Wire and the Browns Wire podcast. Uh, a good sport jumping on here to do this with me tonight, sir. So thank you. Oh, yeah, anytime. Uh, kind of a fun exercise here. This is another interesting one. J.C. Horn over under at 13 and a half. This is another one that was pretty tight. He's the number 16th uh, player on my big board. I'm, I'm still going to go with the over. I think that there's two cornerbacks that are going to go ahead of him, so I feel like that's a safe bet. Or I, I okay. feel like that's where I'd lean. Okay, I'm going under on that. Uh, so we disagree there. Oh, wow. That's a, t- that's a tough one, though. I think he could go a number of places. All right. Uh, selected at what number for Jalen Waddell? Uh, over under 11 and a half. I took the over again. This is my 13th wide receiver on my. This is my 13th player on my big board. So it was close, but I, I'm going to go over. He's coming off of an injury. I, I don't. That's that's pretty damn high for a guy that might have to sit out. Okay, I, here I am again. I I'm going under by the hook again. Ooh. I got him going 11 to the Giants. So uh, I think I got him pegged. Maybe maybe not though. Who knows? All right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Uh, Kadarius Tony uh, is an interesting prospect. Certainly, a lot of speed. A lot of guys uh-huh. like him. You know, him and Pitts out of Florida. Over under twenty seven and a half. I took the under. He's too explosive. I, I, I he's actually my twenty seventh ranked player on my big board, but but he's too explosive to fall out of the first round. You think so? Okay. See, we're disagreeing here. I got over on that. Uh, so. Oh wow. Yeah, I, yeah, I could be wrong on that one too. We, you know, we'll keep track here. We'll, we'll come. We'll get some results on this stuff. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. You're you're a good sport here, Josh. Let's uh, jump to Quitty Pay. Interesting number at seventeen. What? I'm sorry. Pardon me. Uh, Quitty Pay at seventeen and a half in the first round. I took the over. I don't think he's explosive enough as a as a pass rusher to take that early. Yeah, I have him going over as well. Terrible job highlighting there. All right. Uh, selected at what number for Kyle Pitts? Five and a half. This one's hard. He's my sixth rated player on my big board. I, I'm going to go over. I'm going to assume that a bunch of trades happen. All the quarterbacks get taken off the board. Penny Sewell's off the board, and he falls. Yeah, it's very possible that, you know, I think it would take trades to happen. As the board sits right now, I have him coming off the board before that Mm -hmm. uh, because I just think he's probably – well, let's look at it, right? Uh, He's a stud. Yeah, he he is a stud. So, I mean, you know, probably, you know, the Falcons – 
the Bengals, right? Uh, both of those would be under five and a half. Probably the Falcons, I'm thinking. Um, if they don't trade out of the pick, which it sounds like they may, right? So, you know, that yeah. could change. Uh, Kyle Trask, interesting quarterback prospect at 77 and a half. Uh, let's go with the over. You got the over there. Uh, 77 and a half is the mid third round. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to go over as well with you on Kyle Trask. Uh, okay. Uh, we are moving along here in our prop bet segment with special guest Josh Keatley here on All Eyes on Cleveland. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Tony Pauline. And uh, now the second part of the show. Breaking down the uh, released, uh, recently released prop, uh, I don't even know what to call them, prop, bet, draft numbers, I guess, uh, predictions from betonline.ag. So here we are, uh, Micah Parsons at 13 and a half, Josh. I took the under. I think he's too explosive. I think the hype's been around him for too long. I think he goes before that. Yeah, I we disagree in here. I got over on Micah Parsons. <clears throat> you might be right. He's got a lot of off-field issues, so maybe uh, yeah, you know. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Najee Harris, thirty-two and a half. Uh, it's an interesting number to put him at. What do you got? I I took the over. I, I don't think I think uh, he he's my number two running back. I and I don't think the number I don't think there's gonna be two running backs in the first round. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm with you there on the over on Najee Harris. Okay, we've got Patrick Sertain at ten and a half. I, I took the over again. I feel like there's going to be one cornerback taken. We talked about five quarterbacks going off the tackle. We're already at seven picks. Yeah, I took the over there. All right, here I am again with the hook. I'm going under by the hook. I think the Cowboys need help in the secondary. I think the Cowboys take Sertain at 10. So under by the hook is my prediction. Uh, Penne Suell. Oh, I'm taking the under all day. I, I feel like the Bengals would be very stupid to let him fall through their fingers. Yeah, that's by the hook too, right? Under by yep. the hook, Bengals at five. Uh, I agree. Uh, what about Rashawn Slater? I, I I took the over here. Like I feel like we've laid out the top ten pretty well. I, I, I don't think he's he's my number three off the tackle too. I think Christian Darisol gives him a run for the money, so I, I don't think that there's I'm, – I'm, I'm going to go with the over here. What about the Panthers at eight? It, it's possible. You got to think there's going to be the, the five quarterbacks are gone. There's going to be one cornerback gone, and now you get Kyle Pitts is going to be gone, and then Penny Sewell. That's eight players, right? So who's going to fit the other two? So it could mm. be it could be Rashawn Slater, but uh, you know Rashawn uh, Christian Darrisaw's given him a run for the money, so it wouldn't surprise me if he's taken before Slater. And you got to think there's going to be a couple white, you know, Jamar Chase is going to be in there. Devontae Smith, potentially. That's 10 guys right there. Yeah, it's tough. It's tight. All right. Uh, Rashad Bateman, 26 and a half right there at the Browns pick. 26 and a half. They have him. Uh, what do you got on that one? Uh, I took the under. I think he's too talented to left all the first round. Yeah, I got uh, under on him as well. Uh, so we're getting on the same page here, sir. We're finishing up here. Just a couple left here uh, on the list. Uh, fun exercise, though. And, Josh, thanks for jumping on the show here uh, and uh, kicking in your perspective on all this. I appreciate it. 
Uh, Josh Keatley uh, works at the Browns Wire and is the host of the Browns Wire podcast. Go check it out uh, where all popular podcasts are found. Correct? Absolutely. I appreciate the uh, the plug there. Oh, also, well, I, I'm, I'm writing for Buckeyes Wire, too. don't know if you saw that, but... I did not. Wow. Yeah. Expanding yeah. the USA Today SMG profile, huh? <laughs> that is right. That's right. That's excellent. Good for you, buddy. All right. Uh, I hear this name pronounced uh, differently all the time, so I don't know about Woodard, but Trevin uh, Morig. Yep, Mo- that's right. I don't know why they add the Woodard there, either. I think it's like a Maurice Jones-Drew kind of thing. I don't... Yeah, people, no, yeah, one, no one uses that. Okay, 27 and a half seems kind of high to me. I don't know what you think. I, I took the over. You know, he's my number one safety, so I, I kind of I'm, – I'm a little hesitant about it, but, you know, I, I feel like I could name 27 guys better than him fairly easy. Yeah. I just find it hard to believe nobody's going to take the top safety off the board in the first 27 picks. So it, it is hard to I, believe. Yeah, I went under there. Travis Etienne, what do you think there? 35 and a half. I took the under. He's my number one running back, and this is, gives me a little bit more space than Najee Harris, right? We, we usually st- we saw a little bit of a flood of running backs go in the early second last year with DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, and Jonathan Taylor. So it would surprise me if you saw a similar thing here. Yeah, no question. Uh, I, I'm, I definitely think that's an under for him. Somebody's going to like him a lot, I think, and, uh, and go get him. Uh, all right, Trey Lance, six and a half they got him at here. So I took the over. I know that we, we were talking about mocking the first five quarterbacks early, but you know six yeah. and a half is around the cusp. I think he's the odd man out. I think so too. I got him over as well. And then here's a really interesting one because I mean he's all up and down boards. If you check out the mock drafts, mm-hmm. uh, Zayvon Collins, uh, twenty four and a half under or over, sir. I took the over. I really love Collins, so I hate I hate doing that. I could see someone falling in love with him, but I took the over. You know, uh, dominant pass rusher out of Tulsa, but it's still Tulsa. He's a little bit of a tweener. He's not really a defensive end. He's not really an outside linebacker. So I could I could see him falling. All right, I got a I got him under uh, just because the last few guys I've talked to really really love him and think oh he's he's, really he's awesome yeah so. Special guy off. I think a lot of people are looking at him now a little bit more too, Josh. Like, you know, maybe we can use him off the edge some, you know, uh, so stuff like that too. So, uh, yes, come on, Mikey is right. God damn it, Mikey's <laughs> screwing up the show. Uh, all right. So, uh, before we let you go, Josh, uh, you, uh, what do you got going on right now? You got any mocks coming out, anything like that we can look for? Yeah, so Donovan and I actually just did uh, two mock drafts, all seven rounds for the Cleveland Browns during the last uh, last week's episode, which came out on Tuesday. And I actually had Zayvon Collins in the first round, and we're going to do some more mock drafts on Tuesday. Uh, I believe Donovan has a very special guest coming on that I'm not allowed to announce uh, for next Ooh. week's show right before the draft. Uh, yeah, Donovan's been great with the guests, man. TJ Ward just retired, so you know I, that's a good listen if you go back and listen to our interview with TJ Ward. Uh, again, I'm, I'm writing for uh, Buckeyes Wire permanently now. So you can see a lot of my draft stuff there. You know, if you're an Ohio State fan, we're di- diving into Ohio State history. Um, the indoor football league's coming up too. So we're, di- we're Dom and I are kind of dipping our fingers and our toes into there, just trying to talk about some spring football. Gotcha. What? Um, let me ask you this: since you're with Buckeyes Wire, uh, any Ohio State guys going to end up in a Browns uniform? You know what? 
man, I really wish Garrett Wilson, you know, next year, this wide receiver room, this wide receiver room has got to change. I, I heard you talking your last guess about the wide receiver room. It, it, it's just too much money in it. So it wouldn't surprise me if they took a dive back in the first round of next year's draft. I mean, Garrett Wilson is a guy that could just, I think he's just a dominant. I think he's better than Chris Olave. Like, I would love Chris Olave too. I think Chris Olave is great too, but Garrett Wilson is just on another level. You know, Zach Harrison is another guy, a, a edge rusher, big five-star recruit. It hasn't really lived up to the hype. I think he's in for a big year this year. Um, Malik, Malik Pooker's younger brother, he had that DUI, so he's suspended indefinitely, but that's another guy who who has a lot of talent at the defensive backfield. Uh, but all, all four of those guys should be on the radar. Josh, what about um, his name is escaping me right now, but you know, you know, the Browns let go of Sheldon and everything, and obviously they're going to need to address that. Where do you have the Browns have a good defensive tackle in this draft? I think he's like maybe the third or fourth guy uh, in this draft, right? Uh, you are you talking about Tommy Togiai? Yeah, what do you, where do you have him going? I mean, as far as round wise, oh, I gave him a second round grade. The dude is the dude's built like a monster, man. I had the honor of meeting him and talking to him a, a couple weeks ago, and and he's 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 sturdy. He's not, you know, typically when you think of Browns taking deeps to tackles early, you think of Gerard Warren, you think of Phil Taylor, um, yeah. you know, you think of guys that were kind of ate themselves out of the NFL a little bit. Gerard Warren, not so much, but Phil Taylor definitely got to the point where he couldn't move. Um, you know, you think of Danny Shelton who had a real sloppy body. Tommy Togia is not like that. He's got he's got. It sounds weird talking about his body like this, but it's his weight is well distributed everywhere. You know, he he benched 225 40 times, and I believe every bit of that. Uh, he he's not he's he's an immovable object, which would be absolutely perfect for the Cleveland Browns defense, right? They have yeah. Jaden Clown is gonna you, he's gonna play a lot of defensive tackles, so you got a gap penetrator there. Sheldon Richardson is he's he's now gone. You need someone to kind of be that immovable object. The problem with Tommy Togia is he's not super tall. He's not super long, right? That was the big benefit with Phil Taylor is that he was super tall and long. Uh, but so he he is kind of Danny Shelton's height, length, you know, not really a dominant pass rusher ever going to be. Uh, but I, I think that the Browns have enough of that. And I would I would think that they're going to take another pass rusher early in this draft too. So drafting out like Tommy Togia, who just doesn't move and eats up blockers would be absolutely awesome. Yeah, I, I I think he's certainly a candidate. I don't know if he'll last till fifty nine or not, but maybe you know who knows. Um, yeah. And then uh, I was just going to ask you um, about what was I just going to ask you about? I'm losing my mind now. Um, okay. And then what do you think here uh, with the Browns at uh, twenty six? Who's your guy? So I did a mock draft with, with Donovan. I took Zayvon Collins. Uh, you know, I, I'd be absolutely giddy for that. I think that's a guy that comes – I think Zayvon Collins is really underrated because not a lot of people paid attention to him during the season. But this is a guy that I had kind of marked on my calendar. He dominated Oklahoma State, and they have a first-round offensive tackle, Taven Jenkins, uh, or first-round quality guy. You know, he, he was guarding running backs man-on-man. Man. And I'm not just talking about running backs from small conferences that can't play. You know, he was guarding running backs that have a little speed to him. The two-lane running backs are known for their speed, and he was hanging with them stride for stride. Now, is he going to be able to do that in the NFL? No, but that's a good indicator that he should be able to hang. So I think this is a guy that can really elevate that second level. Um, you know, I know everybody craps all over linebackers for the Browns, but I, I don't. You don't. I don't view it as a linebacker. I view it as a piece to the puzzle, right? You're not right. drafting a guy like like Nick Bolton would be a bad pick in the first round, right? That that he's right. a sideline to sideline. He's very good, very good player. He, he'll rack up the tackles. No one will get by him, but he is your classic three down linebacker, and he doesn't really 
do anything. He's not a defensive weapon. Zayvon Collins, you can move him around. He's a weapon. Uh, Jeremiah Wusukoramora, that guy's. Uh, I would I would not be opposed by that either. That guy is a weapon. You know, you can move him. Whatever you want to call it, a bullet, a rover, whatever stupid name you have for it. This is a guy that is competent in coverage, can also shed blocks and, and, and pass rush. I, I I would be all about that. Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, that's more of your pass rushing specialist. I don't know if he's quite big enough to play defensive end, but that's another guy who's going to be a stand-up pass rusher. Um, I, I, I also don't hate Micah Parsons. Everybody in Cleveland hates that, but that guy's really explosive. You know, you, you see – there's a, there's a difference between guys that are in the Luke Keekley Ray Lewis spectrum and then the rest of the NFL. And I think yeah. that he is a spe- I think he's got a lot of special traits and he's had those since he came out of high school. That's the problem with linebackers. It's just like it's just like running backs. If the guy is truly special like a Saquon Barkley or truly a difference maker, I don't have a problem with taking a guy that early when he's a linebacker running back. He's just got to be a difference maker. He can't just be in the crowd. Um did you hear uh, the interview with Joe Woods today by any chance? Uh, it was on Cleveland Browns Daily Exclusive. Uh, he kind of went into uh, in depth about, you know, playing that dime three safety mm-hmm. look that he really wants to do that a ton. And he mm-hmm. only got to do it for 16 snaps last year uh, just because of the, you know, not having the right, you know, personnel. That kind of makes me think, I don't know. Here's where I'm at, Josh. I'm just kind of at, like, I think they got to get another wide corner because I don't trust that Greedy Williams is going to be ready and be ready for 16, 17 games. Uh, So I am all for them going cornerback at Mm -hmm. 26, provided one of the guys they value high enough is still there. And that's why I asked Tony earlier, like, what's the last – corner that you could take in the first round and feel like you're not reaching you know what I mean so I you know I'm really high on like Tyson Campbell and a couple other guys that some people aren't as high on Paulson Adebo Mm -hmm. Uh, I I have an interview that we're going to air tomorrow with uh, uh, Denard Walker a former uh, uh, defensive back for the Titans and and he talks a lot about Adebo or Debo shutting down uh, Claypool in the Notre Dame game, you know, a couple yeah. years ago, and how, how good of a player he is. I just think that I, I just really like to see them go corner uh, at twenty six, and I'm kind of stuck on that. The only other guy that people are moving the needle on me for, and I'll be honest, is, is uh, Jamin Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky, just because I've heard that, and, and, and you don't like that, do you? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I saw you kind of like. Eh. I, 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 l- I like why. him. I'll, yeah. I'll let you go. I'll let you talk. <laughs> yeah. Here's why. And you can tell me what you think about him. But, you know, I had uh, a couple people in a row now on say that they think he has the ability to be really, really special. Like his ceiling is really high. So, like, um, who I can't even remember who I've had on the show. Nick Shook uh, said, uh, you know, a Darius Leonard comp for him. Uh, I mean, that's out of this world, right? And then, you know, so if we're going to take a linebacker at 26, he's got to be really, really special in my opinion. And a couple guys have mentioned that, you know, if he, uh, somebody else yesterday said, you know, if he stayed in school for a year, he'd be a top 10 pick hands down. Uh, you know, he's just has that kind of a ceiling. Uh, so I'm kind of swayed a little bit in that direction just from some people that I've talked to. Thoughts on him? 
Yeah, so well, that, the the cornerback thing, I I would do want to add. I completely completely agree with you. I, if they take a cornerback at twenty six, I would be jumping for joy. That's another position in need. <clears throat> but the Jamin Davis from Kentucky, I was actually high on him. Uh, I mean, I gave him a third round grade. He's he's a, a true third three down linebacker, right? I think more so than the other guys that I named. Um, he. he if you look at his measurables, he checks all the boxes. He does have an extremely high ceiling. I don't disagree with that at all. I think he could be an all-pro level player, 100%. I don't disagree with that at all. But he didn't show that on film. And he was given a lot of opportunities at Kentucky. You know, his best game was against Tennessee, who's absolutely atrocious. Now, he did dominate Tennessee. He had double-digit tackles. But he didn't have a whole lot of games like that. You know, the Kentucky okay. – and he had every opportunity. He was a pretty high recruit. Um, he, I think he started there for – I don't know if he started all three years, but they were giving, they were shoving him out there, very comparable to what Ohio State was doing with Baron Browning, where it was like, okay, hey, go do something, and he never really did anything. There's a lot of guys that I, if you're going to draft a linebacker like that, I'd like a, that high, I'd like a little bit more production from him rather than drafting him purely off of his ceiling. Um, but uh, you know, Darius Leonard, I think that's a fair comparison if you look at. Well, I actually, yeah, Davis is way more athletic than Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard ran, I think he ran like a four six five at the combine, so it's probably, I think it's a, a fair comparison as far as ceiling goes. Um, but Darius Leonard also he he had those he had the production. Uh, he was a walk on or. I can't remember what happened. He enrolled at Clemson. He was too small, so then he transferred to South Carolina State. Well, he was on special teams. He was blocking field goals. As a matter of fact, he blocked a field goal, an extra point against Clemson uh, when they played each other when he was at South Carolina State. This is a guy, he was two-time conference defensive player of the year. I know it was a FCS conference, but still, that's production out the yang if I've ever seen it. Um, yeah. So it's a little bit different. Davis doesn't have that kind of on-field production that Leonard did. But again, he's playing in the SEC. But the, the, the measurables are all there. If, they, if the Browns got him in the, the third round is where I view that pick. I view him as a third round. He could come in, could probably be, be the best linebacker the Browns have and make a difference eventually. I just, like I said, I, I don't, I'm not seeing, I'm not falling in love like others are. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, well, good for you, man. Sticking your guns. Josh Keeley of the Browns <laughs> Wire. Uh, the Browns Wire podcast. And now... Most recently, the Buckeyes Wire. Man, people in Ohio are just going to love you, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Uh, Browns Wire, Buckeyes Wire, you got them all covered. Hey, thanks for your time, man. You always are excellent, and thanks for playing along with our over-under game. And uh, I know I I called on you late today. Love uh, it, dude. I got that in an email, but that was fun, though. Absolutely. Anytime. I appreciate it. All right, sir. You have a good one, okay? Absolutely. And good job, Mikey, getting us on the ins and outs there. Uh, so, big show tonight. We'll probably split it up a little bit on YouTube, so you don't have to sample, you know, 53 minutes of one episode. But huge thanks to Tony Pauline, chief draft analyst over at Pro Football Network, host of, uh, you know, the uh, Believe podcast uh, that he has with Chris Trabodi, draft analyst uh, podcast. And, of course, he has his... Uh, Draft Insiders podcast with Trey Wingo. Uh, he's hosting the event down at uh, Lago East Bank in Cleveland. Uh, Kevin Mack going to be there. Uh, 
you know, uh, Hanford Dixon going to be there. Uh, so that's Thursday and Friday. So go check that out. I posted that in the middle there of one one of our breaks was actually the information on all that stuff. So go go check that out if you're going down there for the draft and everything. Uh, and, and you know, I'll show it once again here on our way out. But uh, you know, it's beautiful. This this uh, you know what it's going to look like down there. Kind of as you see there is the. Uh, you know, the sketch or, or whatever, the mock-up of, you know, what it's going to look like for the draft down there. And it, it, it looks like uh, it's going to be super nice there and uh, make the city look great. We just need some good weather. Uh, Browns, you know, I, I'm going to stick to my guns. I, I'm hoping corner at 26. Josh, with some great information there. Um, you know, Tony Pauline, excellent, excellent interview always. I mean, he he's not just evaluating players i mean he truly is an insider and has uh some reach and is talking to scouts and teams and everything and we appreciate that same thing with charlie campbell yesterday so hopefully with the draft preview part one charlie campbell from walter football draft preview part two tonight with uh of course tony pauline uh chief draft analyst at pro football network josh keatley jumps on we do the over under exercise with the prop bets from bet uh online.ag and then uh, tomorrow, we're doing three shows this week. Tomorrow, we'll have Donard Walker interview that I did today. Uh, we'll have that up for you as well uh, as he talks about uh, his, you know, experience watching Clowney in Tennessee uh, for two years. He's a former defensive back for the Titans. Uh, I played in the league for uh, from 1997 to – or 87 to – 97 to 2005, and then, um, pardon me, 97 to 2005, so eight years in the league, uh, played in Super Bowl 34 with uh, the uh, Titans and Rams, classic Super Bowl he started in that game. Uh, He'll be a second time he's on the show. He's a co-host of the Believe in Titans podcast, and he's going to be on with us tomorrow. He's got some draft breakdown as well as looking at Clowney's time uh, with the Titans. And with that, we're going to get out of here. This has been Brown's Draft Preview Part 2 at All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, big thanks to the guests again. Um, my name, uh, for, pardon me, for Mikey on the ones and twos, my name is Brad Ward. We are out.